All right, we are in Second Kings three. It's your good friend Aaron. Somehow I have a little pep in my voice. It's wild. I went to the prayer meeting tonight, and yeah, let's just say uh, we talked about Elijah at the beginning and fear, and yeah, fear from of uh, Jezebel right after that great victory that he just had. It's wild. It's wild. My life is a mini novella. Yeah. It's just wild how God orders my steps. And I was just talking about this stuff. And that came up in the prayer meeting. All right. So before I pass out, I need to still actually shower. Before I pass out, let's go ahead and read 2 Kings chapter 3. War between between Israel and Moab. Ahab's son Joram began to rule over Israel in the 18th year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 12 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not to the same extent as his father and mother. He at least tore down the sacred pillar of Baal that his father had set up. Nevertheless, he continued in the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nabat, had committed and led the people of Israel to commit. King Mesha, or Mesha, of Moab was a sheep breeder. He used to pay the king of Israel an annual tribute of 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But after Ahab's death, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram promptly mustered the army of Israel and marched from Samaria. On the way, he sent this message to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you join me in battle against him? And Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat asked, What route will you take? What route will we take? We will attack from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied. The king of Edom and his troops joined them, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. What shall we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, Yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Edom went to consult with Elisha. Why are you coming to me, Elisha, asked the king of Israel. Go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother. Mm. Elisha replied, my bad, I skipped over a line. But King Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us. It was the Lord who called us three kings here, only to be defeated by the king of Moab. Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. And he said, This is what the Lord says. 
This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and other animals. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You will conquer the best of their towns and even the fortified ones. You will cut down all their good trees, stop up all their springs and ruin all their good land with stones. The next day, about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom and soon there was water everywhere. Meanwhile, when the people of Moab heard about the three armies marching against them, they mobilized every man who was old enough to strap on a sword and they stationed themselves along their border. But when they got up the next morning, the sun was shining across the water, making it appear red to the Moabites like blood. It's blood, the Moabites exclaimed. The three armies must have attacked and killed each other. Let's go, men of Moab, and collect the plunder. But when the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned and ran. The army of Israel chased them into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. They destroyed the towns, covered their good land with stones, stopped up all the springs, and cut down all the good trees. Finally, only Kir Herzeth, there we go, only Kir Herzeth and his stone walls were what? What do we do? Blah blah. Finally, only Kir Herzeth and his stone walls were left, but men with slings surrounded and attacked it. Verse 26, when the king of Moab saw that he was losing the battle, he led 700 of his swordsmen in a desperate attempt to break through the enemy lines near the king of Edom, but they failed. Then the king of Moab took his oldest son, who would have been the next king, and sacrificed him as a burnt offering on the, on the wall. Wow. So there was great anger against Israel, and the Israelites withdrew and returned their, to their own land. I feel like I was struggling really bad to read there. Uh, I was doing that earlier when I was reading, reading my um, I was reading my book jump from my audio book, and uh, toward the end I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to re-record this. I'm just going to roll with what I got. In the uh, with the uh, mistakes, so the first three quarters of the book is pretty clean, meaning like no no mistakes, and then the last the end of the book, it's like I was like ah oh, I don't care. I want to encourage folks to just put their stuff out there, and everything doesn't have to be perfectly scripted or well written. I mean like perfect. Everything doesn't have to be perfect and polished. That's that's what I'm trying to get across to folks. So just like this podcast, there's so many things that I could go back and re-record and make it sound like perfectly polished. But you know what? You will be taking it would take I would. There are so many things I wouldn't get done if I tried to perfectly polish everything. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. 
there's a lot of moving parts, things going on. But this is like, as I was reading that, I'm just going to be honest, the Homer Simpson monkeys were like clanking their symbols in my head. That Homer Simpson monkey where he clangs a symbol and he's flipping it in Homer's head when people say anything that goes over his head or just very, uh, you know, when Flanders, his neighbor starts talking. Some of y'all might have that Homer Simpson fl- uh, monkey flipping in your head and clanging symbols uh, as I talk. So I, I actually just read a bedtime story to my good friend out in Sacramento. Shout out to her if she listens to this. But I imagine there's some people that listen to this podcast and it puts them to sleep. So this podcast, I believe, serves lots of purposes. It probably puts people to sleep and some people actually listen or it just encourages them to read the Bible more. Yeah, I read Mr. Brown Can Moo to my friend. Mr. Brown Can Moo, Can You? by Dr. Seuss. What am I say? I love Dr. Seuss. Anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. War between Israel, Moab. God gave him victory. All right. When I come back tomorrow, we will be read Second Kings chapter four. And we'll hear more about Elisha. Did Elisha do any miracles just now? Do I need to record? I'm done recording these. It's too much to keep up with because Elisha is going to do double the number of Elijah. And then I'll go look up some article. I'll find that uh, sermon that the notes from that sermon my uh, counselor preached about Elisha and Elijah. So anyway, y'all have an amazing, amazing, amazing night. I'll talk to y'all later. God bless.